Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I am Notch. I'm Caleb. And I'm Colin. This week, we bring you mighty Minnesota, aged Andrea, and the doomed Deltas. This past week, Turkey's national team coach was fired after a fight in a kebab shop. And when incidents like this happen to me, I get really angry. It's like, oh yeah, Nach had an incident in a curry shop. Like, oh, what a national stereotype appropriate event has occurred in this person's life. So if I was uh, Fatih Tarim, I would be really mad. So I want to ask you guys, what has happened? What would be a stereotype appropriate incident for your life? Like, what do your friends like, not like your nationality, but like, what do your friends associate with you where it would just be like, of course that happened? To Caleb or to Colin? Um, probably if I passed out in a dive bar and then proceed to cut my head open on the broken glass that comes from my head hitting the hitting the bar top. And then Pitbull's eating you? Um, no, like running up to me and trying to like lick my wounds. <laughs> Aw. Seriously, like I've got some really badly skinned up knees from the Warp Tour still. It's been, like, 10 days, and my dogs are, like, all over those. Like, I have to keep them away from, like, licking my scabs off. Ew. It's kind of gross. Probably, But like, it's also really sweet. Uh, for me, probably, like, spilling either a, a French press coffee, homemade, or a craft beer in a record shop. <laughs> <laughs> you like records, French press coffee, and beer. Yeah. You got a pretty clear life, Caleb. That's yeah. good. I think for me, it would just be falling off the capo stand at a Minnesota United game. <laughs> and, which, I mean, I, nowadays I've started climbing up onto the second rail of the stand. I think you maybe have noticed. I yeah, saw that. And, and, that too, and I was a little worried. Thankfully, I whenever I like, had, a, had a like moment of like uh, instability, I've always fallen back. But uh, I, I wish they would move that second rail a little bit lower so mm-hmm. that you know the top rail could be a little bit balanced. Right. Yeah. You're not know, leaning against it. Right. Yeah. So, so, anyways, those are our personal stereotype appropriate bad endings. Um, With that, I think it's time we jump into actually talking about soccer this week because we have a ton of MLS. And I'm reflecting on the fact that we're going to get on a fact that we're going to get to later, which is the Premier League is starting in 10 days. European soccer is coming at us fast. We've been spending an hour talking about just MLS and a bunch of lame transfers from over there. How are we going to fit all of that soccer into this podcast? Do you guys remember how we did this? Because we did it at one point. I feel like we did. I, I have no memory of this. I believe the term would be 1.5 speed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have to record in 1.5 speed? No, no. Notch just has to mix us in Hey, 1.5. I did not smoke all those packs of cigarettes to, just to have my gravelly voice concealed by a sped up uh, speed on, 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 the, on the podcast. It really annoys me when people listen to podcasts fast because it's <laughs> like, I hello, I I came to you in your headphones with my beautiful voice, these dulcet tones to impress you. And, and you are ruining it all. I, I, I how listen, do you, how I do you to, explain that, Caleb? I don't have a lot of time in the day to listen to podcasts, so I get through them faster. There's a lot of podcasts I want to listen to. So I listen. So to what you're saying is you're trying to not appreciate it. Yeah, there you go. See, I mean, someone had to come out and say it. I'm glad he did. All right, with that, let's move on to a segment we call 
Loon Monitoring. In the Loon Monitoring segment, we talk about Minnesota United FC, our Loons, our favorite team who, guess what, won a game what? this past weekend. And, and, and as Caleb pointed out earlier, totally got more points than Atlanta this past week. <laughs> and, and, and with the same amount of games, too. We totally stomped them out. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Take that. So... 4-0 the final score against DC United on Saturday night. Wonderwall echoing through the Twin Cities. Reflections on this game, guys? Fantastic game. Defensively and offensively. Uh, really complete game by the, by the team. Um, I, had a, I had a blast at the game. It was so much fun. I feel like every single thing that we criticized about the team had been fixed. Seriously. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Kevin Molino stayed centrally when he was playing as a 10. Like, that's why he did so well. That's why he was able to find those passes all the time. Um, yeah, it, it was... It, if it wasn't a complete performance, it was like a 95% performance. There was a couple of couple of hairy scenarios where, you know, maybe DC would have done something if they were, you know, a competent team. But, um, yeah, it, it was pretty thorough. See, you're more excited now than you were when we were writing the notes because this is a direct quote from you. They basically did what they were supposed to do in a well-functioning offense. That's from Mr. Unimpressed, a.k.a. Colin over here. I mean, to be fair, yeah, that that's how they're supposed to play. You know, you're supposed to have your really creative guys finding good three balls and getting them into the players that can actually finish them. Ramirez's goal was an absolute peach of a cross-in from Kevin Molino. Seventh minute. Seventh minute. Uh, earliest goal we scored all year. I wasn't even into the building at that point. I saw it on the Jumbotron while I was waiting in line. Good thing they didn't have dollar dogs, otherwise I wouldn't have been... No, actually, I'm always like in the stands by the time kickoff happens. I got there way yeah. too early. I was up there for like an hour at a time. <laughs> <laughs> well, where is everybody? Yeah. <laughs> well... The funny thing also is that these four goals all went in against actual Bill Hamid. Not not Bill Hamid. Actual Bill Hamid. He was there. Uh, he was in goal. And he was terrible. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it was actually Travis Wara and a Bill Hamid. Who's costume. Travis Wara? Who's Travis Wara? The actual not Bill Hamid guy. Oh, oh not, not Bill Hamid. Okay. Yeah, yeah, not Bill Hamid. Yeah, it could have been not Bill Hamid in a Bill Hamid costume. That, that would be kind of gross, though. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd, it'll get really sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that um, probably the only goal that I'd really blame him blame him on is probably the Dunlady's goal. So he just had instead his feet, wasn't really prepared for the shot. Um, yeah, it, but it, Ramirez's goal, the own goal, and Ibarra's goal don't fault him too much. Didn't he get post. his fingers on the Ibarra goal, which yeah, like yeah, slowly yeah, skittered towards yeah. the goal off the post, and then yeah, and yeah. you kind of wonder why there wasn't a defender trying to get back to cover the post there, but. Um, yeah, I mean, Dunlady's goal, I think it was mainly that he was expecting it to get passed over to Ramirez, mm-hmm. even though he would have been in possibly the worst position to get there that he could. Um, but, it, yeah, I mean, this is exactly what Minnesota United is capable of. If they're getting their passes correct, if their players are playing in the right positions, then, yeah, they can score four goals against a not-that-good team. Was this DC being anemic in offense? A little bit. They had a few chances that they probably should have put away. Yeah. Um, 
barring some poor finishing and Bobby saves, it would have been a lot closer. Jerry Tiason too. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah, unbelievable Tiason for was us. Massive, and he was massive. 24 hours after having his first kid. What a wholesome guy, by the way. He's just so happy posting wholesome stuff about being a dad. And then today he's posting wholesome stuff about National Swiss Day. I mean, it's great. He also posted on Instagram that Donati and uh, Michael Botsall bought him diapers. You, uh, uh, what, why was he? No, not adult diapers, not depends, but like diapers for his, his kid. Oh, okay. Which okay. Is, was very Good. nice of them. Yeah, I, I was worried that there was like... No, he, some... he's completely fine okay. in his whole digestive tract system, John. Somebody who isn't really fine, though, or wasn't at the end of this game was Ramirez, who had a leg tweak, quote-unquote. I came off right before halftime, right after Dunlady's goal, midway for Medele Barra. Um, Which, by the way... listed as day-to-day a... day in the Star Tribune from, by Med Ryan, but... That was an excellent sub, by the way, with yeah. Ibarra coming in. Yeah, we made all three subs, too. That's crazy. Are we sure Adrian Heath was on the bench? Maybe it was actual Bill Hamid in an Adrian Heath costume and not Bill Hamid was in a Bill Hamid costume. And everyone is just face off the movie now in MLS. <laughs> Everyone's just everyone else. Nicholas Cage <laughs> and John Travolta are now Don Darber and David Beckham. And they're trying to... Okay, okay. Sorry, okay. sorry. This, this is not my section. This is this, this, Collins. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, yeah, sorry. yeah. So uh, Molino and Jerry did make the team, MLS team of the week this week. And um, good on them for doing that. Uh, Tiasan was on the bench. Molino was in the lineup. Anything else we need to say about Minnesota United this week? Um, playing the Seattle t- tough test, but we're still at home. TCF's a hard place to play for opposing teams. Oh, hey, how about that season ticket holder conference call? Were you guys on on that? Um, no. I was following it on Twitter, and I think basically the only shocking news, um, aside from they expect to have a designated player maybe two next season, um, is the fact that Nick Rogers got unironically asked about Allianz's connections with the Nazi government in World War II. Which is what scuppered the fact that Allianz was going to sponsor the Jets' giant stadium in, I think it was 2003. That deal is actually broken because of Allianz's links. Over here, Nick Rogers coming out and telling the the caller that the team had considered this as a, as a, as a factor. They had spoken to Jewish groups in Minnesota, and they've... They had essentially concluded that this is something that the company has continued to address and taken care of on their end, so they were comfortable making this decision. I think each of us has to individually make a choice on this. If how much we how much we we let this affect our decision to follow the team or to step inside the stadium when the time comes. So, because um, I I don't want to tell somebody that if they care about this that they shouldn't. Right. I, it just seems like it's it's turned into such a non-existent issue lately. Like there's there's not active boycotts of Allianz products as far as I could tell. So, well, and I, I will say one thing from a personal standpoint that there are, for example, a lot of British companies who you could you could probably look to some of the things that they did in India. Um, Union Carbide being a great example. Um, some others who have done some pretty atrocious things, even in this country, for example, with African Americans or Native Americans. And we all have to find our personal lines with these companies and what we care about and what we don't. I was, though, surprised that the this conference call had that question 
being asked and how that got past the screening. It doesn't seem like if a company gives you $200 million, you are, you would allow them to be embarrassed on a phone call that was where every se- single season ticket holder was robocalled into the conference call. I, I'm fairly certain that the reason it got through the screener is that everybody else was too busy asking why the team had been really, really poor lately. Yeah, that that was a, there was a major hit fest going on before the call. All right, we've spent enough time talking about Minnesota United. Let's move on to the rest of MLS, which uh, in the world of real estate, MLS stands for the Major Listing Service. That's the name of our segment where we talk about Major League Soccer. So... Philadelphia Union 3, Columbus Crew 0. That's the first game of the weekend. Actually, no, it was midweek. Uh, the mm-hmm. next game of the first one this weekend. So what, what do we think about this game? Um, Ibsen Jr. was <laughs> one of the scorers. Um, <laughs> I wish I wish we had little mini Ibsen in the, in the wings waiting to be scooped up. Unfortunately, I think it's Ilsen. Yeah, Ilsen, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, bicycle kick assist and... Ilsenio was able to get it in. Um, Columbus finished this game with nine men. Yeah. Uh, two straight two red cards? No, one for sure. But was the second one of straight red? Believe so, okay. yes. Yeah. Um, um, probably the, deserved. Yeah. And uh, there was also um, Alsapong getting... Alsapong! So he gets brought down the box, um, and then the penalty proceeds to go off the keeper and off the crossbar. Fan... Fantastic. Atlanta won. Orlando City SC won. Heineken <laughs> Rivalry Week. Heineken Rivalry Week. Yeah, I mean, the rivalry that I cared about here was uh, us with Atlanta, and Atlanta now getting uh, all three points. Although they did get the stoppage time equalizer. Lame. Womp womp. Uh, Don Dwyer's first game for Orlando um, doesn't really go as well as he liked it to. He had two kind of golden opportunities. One was blocked by a... a defender and one he definitely should have placed in the back of the net man dom J- dwyer doing things that are terrible that don't involve diving what <laughs> jason Kreis actually started with two strikers which is pretty atypical for his work and um so kyle Aaron was in there too some people speculating Laren would be on his way now that dwyer has come in Almiron hit the post off of Vilaba assist, and then Vilaba knocked the rebound onto the side netting from point-blank range. It was very satisfying to watch for somebody who's not fond of uh, Atlanta. And then Kaká opening the scoring in this game with a cannonball from outside the box. Did you guys say that? Beautiful, beautiful goal. Okay, You guys didn't... Sometimes on this podcast, you guys say something, and I'm busy reading the notes, so it flies over my head, and then I repeat it. (laughs) No, we didn't say that yet. No. Okay, good. Good, good, good. All right. New York Red Bulls 4... Montreal zero makes us feel a little bit better about our result against the Red Bulls, right? A little bit, little bit. Like one better. One Maybe. better, okay. Well, I feel one better. Okay, yeah. good. Royer. Royer gets upended in the box early for a penalty. And scores it. Good for him. That was a... It, it looked kind of like a wrestling move, how badly <laughs> he was flying after that. The impact defense hasn't got much better than the last time we talked about it in this pod. And there was a comical moment where I I think I counted like five Montreal defenders throwing themselves at the ball unsuccessfully in the box. Although then, of course, Nier just shoots it point blank at a the defender that was covering the far post. About Royer, it's it's interesting to note that it took him 20 games to score his first five MLS goals, and now he's got six goals in just the last four matches. Uh, in- including two in this game. Exactly. 
And armchair analyst, uh, I forget his name. Matt Doyle. Matt Doyle says that guy. S- said on Twitter basically that Royer has been infinitely better since Marsh switched RBNY to a three 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 one, which is a formation that relies on brains and quickness now, not speed. Hashtag and by VMTL. And it seems like that, since uh, Montreal brought him in as uh, if. Jamiroquai plays good, they play well. Or if he plays bad, they play bad. <laughs> Jamaili. Jamaili. Blair and yeah, Jamaili. Jamaili. <laughs> and his giant fuzzy top hat. Red Bulls, uh, Felipe basically neutralized uh, Jamiroquai for the whole game. New York. New York. New England Revolution 3, Philadelphia Union 0. I hope, guys, by the way, this is this forced rivalry between Orlando and Atlanta got me to think, what if next season I just insist that we have a rivalry against the Revolution? I mean, the, the you know, when someone says it's a rivalry and then the games get more intense, everyone has more fun, so why don't we just make up a bunch of rivalries for ourselves and then we'll all have more fun in the games no matter what. So- I vote that we have a rivalry against DC United because of how bad they played yeah yeah and how a, seemingly they're just going even worse and can we like have that rivalry start day like backdated to last week so like that was our first rivalry game that we just destroyed them in okay perfect there we yeah. go done yeah. done Take done, that, done. DC. we're the better united so kakamaro went into this game on the heels of dissing his team and saying that he had started trade discussions with them it was i think after they played the galaxy i think last week he said if i'm not scoring goals i feel like i'm not helping the team out tonight i got a goal but it's really difficult if i can't produce for this team because it's a good team maybe i wasn't the right piece of the puzzle to help the team move forward so i kind of a backhanded compliment to them or maybe he's dissing himself i don't know anyway this was after the previous game but in this game he he managed to get on the score sheet and he's got seven goals to the revs this season, yeah, he scored twice. Once on a like a flying Bruce Lee kick that almost landed into the wasn't goalkeeper's face, but didn't. Though, so <laughs> yeah, it, if it had, that that would be terrible, terrible. Um, he also had probably the best save of the game, where he cleared a ball off the line that had beaten Cody Trapper, who who actually earned his fifth clean sheet of the year somehow. Are we sure this isn't one of those uh, identity like skin swapping deals that we've been talking about today? Maybe that's where Bill Hamid went. Oh. Well, do you remember, guys, when Diego Fagundes was supposed to be amazing? Yeah. The hot new thing for the the, the, um, Uruguayan national team, apparently, he was Mm going to get called up there, but then he didn't. And then not so much anymore in the conversation. Yeah, he, He has a couple of good games here and there, but beyond that, he's basically just a a guy that plays out wide. Like, he was supposed to be the game changer for the entire league, really, and then... Not so much. Not, not so much. Not, not happening. In this game, he had a clear chance on goal. Um, beautiful ball played through to him, had a wide open net, mistakenly threw the touch, and then had a def- his shot blocked by a defender who caught up after that touch the, was made. The, the likely candidate for MLS Rookie of the Year actually stopped this on a goal line stop. This was Jack Elliott, who was a fourth-round draft pick for the Union and has been starting 17 games out of the 18 he's played this year for the Union. Incredible, incredible showing by this dude. FC Dallas 0, Vancouver Whitecaps 4. Breccia's team somehow getting the W against... What I thought were the Golden Boys, weren't Dallas doing really well early in the season with, like, Jesse Gonzalez and... Yeah, they didn't 
played too well. Their Dolden boys didn't play too well. Jesse Gonzalez, who got held up for the Dolden Cup for the U.S. national team, apparently learned a little bit from Brad Guzan and just was terrible <laughs> in that. He even got med. Didn't, so, <laughs> didn't he replace Guzan on the goal? He, I think yeah, it was like passing, did. like, hey, you're good goalkeeper stands with your legs wide apart <laughs> and the ball coming at you. <laughs> Bye. Up, Bye. I'm off to Atlanta. Dallas did have a goal disallowed in the first half and... Uh, Kellen Costa was involved, speaking of folks who are at the Gold Cup. Yeah, um, about that. Um, so Acosta basically just runs in and immediately gives up a penalty. After coming off the bench. Off, Yeah, off of the bench. Um, basically knocked over Freddie Montero. Not, it, it, he was obviously going for the ball, but he didn't get there yeah. <laughs> under any circumstances. Uh, Dallas uh, midfielder Carlos Dorezo was sent off for with a straight red for elbowing uh, Jordi Reyna after a hard tackle. They both kind of fall on the ground and was there on the ground. Dorezo tried to throw an elbow into Reyna's face, which is not a good idea. No. Especially the ref is watching you. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Or just in general, just don't do that to people. Be nice. Mm-hmm. Everyone's favorite flavor of barbecue, Nicholas Mosquita, uh, scored with a bicycle kick that he set up for himself. Incredible, incredible goal. It's just like, there was so many good goals this week, guys. Like, it, and, and so many high score lines. I just want to point out, 31 goals scored among nine games, by my count. That's 3.44 goals per game this weekend. Hashtag, he did the math. I did. I did. I'm probably wrongly. There's probably like 10 games and 38 goals or something like that. But Mosquito Barbecue coming in uh, pretty key for Vancouver. Houston 2, Portland Timbers 2. Dynamo remain one of the teams without a home loss along with Toronto, Sporting, Kansas City, and Chicago somehow. We're coming for you, Chicago. It's going to be us. I promise. No, I don't promise. Please. No one. Yeah. I, but that's a horrible. Let's promise. just be real. It's not going to happen. Uh, Portland's second goal arguably should have been called off. Um, it was a through ball that cut back across the defense to Sebastian Blanco, but did go past uh, Fernando Adi, who was who pushes the defender to the ground as the ball is past him. Um, could have been called for a foul. What about that goal back? And Houston would have won. SKC 3, Chicago Fire 2. Uh, Dom Dwyer who, everybody? <laughs> that rhymed. <laughs> And early day. Nice. Good job. Yeah. yeah. I didn't job. even try that. Everyone wondering what SKC were going to do when Mr. Dwyer went off to Orlando. Turns out they were going to win games against hot team Chicago Fire. Was that a pun intended? Hot teams? Fire? <laughs> that was pretty good. So many <laughs> unintended great lines, guys. Um, that said, uh, Matt Beasler, I, I guess, also scored. Yeah. yeah. Only well, yeah. for Chicago. <laughs> Kansas City scored four goals this game, just one time for Chicago. <laughs> and Chicago themselves had a pretty weak first half with only two shots. And uh, even in, in the whole game, they only had 10 shots, of which three were on goal. Not a great showing by a team that has, in, at least earlier this season, not struggled to score. One of the issues might be that David Akam is getting interest from elsewhere and has put in a transfer request. Yeah, uh, he put his, in his transfer test a couple, I think a couple weeks ago after their... Um, or before they lost to, before their game against New York City FC, I don't remember if they won or lost, but there were some uh, lead one teams, sorry, lead one teams in France interested in him, um, and that, as well they should be. He's been great for the fire this year. He's um, been with he them sc- since 2014. Yeah, he did score their, the only goal scored by a fire player in this game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> After coming off the bench, I think it was 55th, something yeah. like that. We do have yeah. to mention that Benny Felhyber scored a special hit from three inches out. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, can you ride your bicycle only three inches? I think the more impressive thing about this thing is the goal was coming perpendicular to the way that he was on the bicycle. So mm-hmm. he was hitting a moving target with a bicycle kick, which is, I mean, that's insane. Uh, really, really impressive yeah. uh, piece of work for that dude. Melio makes a point blank save and stoppage time to prevent the game from ending a tie. And Nagolia... Ne- Nikolic, uh, or more like Nemanja Nikolic, not scoring in this game. Dude has been on fire, but uh, smoldering a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he still is leading the league in goals. I'm sure he'll pick it up soon. Yeah, 16 goals. RSL 2, Columbus 2. Did we have any uh, Petki handouts this game? Not that I know of. Uh, there uh, was a banner in the supporter section that said, Mike freaking Petki. <laughs> I thought that was a nice Language. Touch. No, no, no. It said freaking because this is Utah. That is bad language for them. <laughs> Point taken. Um, Ola Kamara opens up the scoring, and somehow Columbus, three games in eight days, they go 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Ola Kamara probably should have had a hat trick in this game, but after that was two goals, we came a snake bit and just hit the post or something just wide. Every time it was free on goal, which happened quite a bit in the second half. Yeah, both teams hit the bar at least twice. San Jose 1, Colorado 0. Caleb, I'm going to give you a quote from MLSsoccer.com regarding this match okay. that I want you to react to. And I'm quoting here, Chris Wondolowski has always been known as a top quality finisher, end quote. The writer's drunk. What the fuck? <laughs> what? <laughs> Here's the my writer is the- either drunk or Belgian. I can't tell which. <laughs> Here's my de- defense... Strategy for uh, one lost D. The goalkeeper can just leave his net. He'll send it over every time. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Come on. Um, excellent goal, though, for the homegrown rookie Nick Lima. Um, only score of the match, but man, what a strike that was. How many great goals from distance did we have? You know the U.S. women's team that we're going to talk about that game against Brazil. There were a bunch of goals from distance. This has been a ridiculous week for goals scored that are in matches related to America. Tim Howard not in the lineup from Colorado after coming back from the Gold Cup. LA Galaxy 0, Seattle Sounders 0. Shiggy Schmid in his first game as LA Galaxy head coach playing against his former employer. Yeah, or at least uh, coaching against his former employer. Yeah. I don't think Siggy would do very well on the pitch. <laughs> Not yeah. anymore, at no, least. No, no. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's an interesting, possibly a good move. He's somebody that has experience playing or coaching with um, really big names and still being able to make something work out of that. Galaxy, now that they have Jonathan Dos Santos for whatever reason... You know, they still have Gio Dos Santos. They have Alessandrini. Uh, they, oh wait, they Zardes. might not. They have Zardes. That's true. They really do. He was involved in a game-winning play last week. We'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to that yeah. when we talk about the USMNT. I do want to point out that the Galaxy fired Kurt Onalfo because they had conceded 14 games in a five-game losing streak. So the fact that Sigu uh, has managed to get a draw is pretty good for him. A scoreless draw at that. 
Yep, exactly. Jelly Van Dam, get me hell, the hell out of here, has an offer from Belgian team Antwerp that he's likely to take probably at the end of the season. And the reason being that his family is still in Belgium, so he kind of has to do what's right for his kids. And also speaking of deals at the end of the season, uh, Joven Jones from Seattle apparently signed with um, SV Darmstadt of... Are they now in the second Bundesliga? Yeah. Yes, they are. They are, well, did it last year. Yeah, so um, that deal is going to go through at the end of the year. Toronto FC put four past NYCFC. Giovinco. Gio, my God. <laughs> He's so dead. I, I, don't, I don't understand. He uh two goals in this game and a great assist at, to tap it off for Toronto. But the man has scored 10 goals from free kicks in MLS, which is most by any player in MLS history. And he's been here for, what, three seasons? Something, Something like that. Like that. It's ridiculous. Three, yeah. I mean, it's madness. And at least in this game, though, he was helped by the fact that his marker was Andrea Pirlo <laughs> in his uh, the third start since May. <laughs> the spirit of Andrea Pirlo. <laughs> yeah. Pirlo's basically an Elysium at this point, And... Um, <laughs> I mean, or maybe maybe he's he's just dreaming he's in Elysium, but then he's gonna wake up in a a horse cart full of slaves that's headed to the the Roman city of Zucabar, where he'll fight as a gladiator before making his way back to the arena in Italy, are and they, there he'll confront the emperor. Are they remaking Gladiator with Andrea Pirlo? I mean, he's got the looks for it. They should mix Gladiator with like Space Jam, <laughs> so we find a bunch of Looney Tunes, <laughs> but Andrea Pirlo. Guys, actually, that how could no be, one thought of this? That could actually be a good Space Jam movie. Like, if they, if they make a reboot of Gladiator, basically, and reference the fact that they're doing that throughout the movie, that could be hilarious. Yeah. I mean, there is I'm the slight problem that Michael dibs. Jordan was not totally washed up at the point when he made Space Jam. Screw, screw basketball. We make a soccer version. Yeah, like, yeah. But I'm saying, love. like, I'm saying your star needs to at least but have something left. But he has to drink uh, Michael's secret stuff that Budge gives him, and he's all, like, super powery, <laughs> and and his hair grows, like, all the way down his back, and his uh-huh. beard grows, and his eyes grow more sexy somehow, and he okay, just destroys okay. get, the Get letters. out of my dreams. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this has turned from Space Jam into Slash Jam. All right, well... Along with Pirlo, uh, New York City's dreams were demolished in this game. And um, Toronto coming out with the win. We had talked about how last week these two teams are kind of, were kind of up there for the supporter shield. Toronto doing themselves favors while both NYCFC and Chicago Fire losing all their points this weekend. LAFC have announced the most awesome Beastie Boys album based on the photographs that I saw on their feed. So, uh, but Bradley's... Joining LAFC and also with the Beastie Boys. And apparently he's got a super hat super glued on his head along with a Adidas uh, sweatshirt or or what what is it? Track jacket. Track jacket that he's wearing everywhere. Although I got to be honest, though, like there might be some more face switching and costumes and stuff. Because I'm pretty sure that was Steve Buscemi as that random kid that's like way too old to be in high school. Okay. Hello, okay. you fellow children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a fellow kid. I gotta, I gotta give credit for that Beastie Boys joke to uh, West Berdine. Loser West Berdine of the Failing 55 One Podcast, uh, who came up with that awesome reference. And I was like, yeah, that's absolutely right. One other thing. The MLS All-Star Game is this weekend against Real Madrid. I went to the schedule it's, page. It's on, tomorrow, isn't it? Right, exactly. Yeah. Or maybe yesterday, based on when you listen to this. Yeah. 
And uh, when I went to the schedule page on MLSsoccer.com, they had a form chart for the MLS All-Stars who play one game a year. It says, win, loss, win, win, loss. They, if they didn't give them a form, ch- uh, a form chart, they should give Real Madrid a form chart. Yeah, the team that actually played has played actually, you know, before games. last yeah. year. Um, <laughs> although, I got to be honest, though, with those two losses on there, like... <laughs> That head coach is really under fire right now. I think that if results don't improve and they don't win against Real Madrid, they might have to get a new head coach for next year's squad. How are MLS All-Stars doing against the all-time record for MLS East versus MLS West, like those two other teams? So, like, between the three teams, who's doing the best? I, I Does anyone actually care? I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of things that potentially people don't really care about, MLS homegrown team did come back in... I think what was the last nine minutes of the game to score an equalizer to end 2-2 against Guadalajara's under-20 team. I know you did not want me to end the podcast Isn't it until I shared that bit of news. Chivas, Guadalajara? Yeah. So they're, they're, they're playing Chivas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, take that. So, yeah. Okay, well, with that, we need to go into a break. We'll come back with news from the rest of U.S. soccer, the national teams, and then just a little bit of news from around the world. And welcome back to We Call It Soccer. Guys, I wanted to ask you this. It's a really important question. What show within a show do you wish actually existed? Whoa. Like, you know, like those like plays that are in a movie <laughs> or, you know, a TV show that's in a TV show. What McBain. do you wish existed? McBain from Simpsons. No, Itchy and Scratchy from Simpsons. Well, Itchy and Scratchy is, like, too obvious of a pick. I thought that you were a hipster, I think it, Mr. Spilling French obvious. Press in Either a record store. that or, um, oh, jeez. Whatever the, the wrestling thing from uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, <laughs> that one episode where they tried to wrestle for the vets so for you, America. Oh, yeah. Then, Dear God, that. yes. Or... <laughs> All my circuits from Futurama. The, so, so Dayman, the play from Always Sunny. How oh, different about Dayman? Yes. I, I well, I haven't actually watched Always Sunny, but my friend Sadevi, who just moved to the Twin Cities, I think yesterday, nice. in Iowa a couple of months ago, she put on a two-night production of Dayman, where she got some friends together and put on a live-action production. <laughs> I have a recording awesome. that I need to share with you. That is you awesome. need to meet her at the game on Saturday, man. Like okay. she is good people, but like she, like got together with friends, wrote the script, and then performed all of Dayman. <laughs> you should, if you don't watch any other. Always Sunny Philadelphia so I mean you're wrong but that's fine watch the <laughs> the Nightman Cometh it's yeah so great. that one probably it's up there with the Gang Goes to the Jersey Shore is my favorite Sunny episode Okay, I haven't watched a single yep. one. So um, um, we'll, we'll, let, let's get back into talking about soccer. This time with a segment that we call The Pyramid Scheme, where we talk about the rest of the U.S. soccer pyramid other than MLS. What happened this past week, my friends? Um, well, a thing that often happens in pyramid schemes, um, somebody goes into a horrendous financial crisis uh, this week. <laughs> it's... The Triangles themselves, the San Francisco Deltas. Um, so the team president, Brian Andres Helmick, uh, penned a, a really interesting and candid uh, open letter to supporters saying, hey, we need you to actually come to games. Otherwise, we won't be able to make this work. Their attendance has been dismal all season. Um, 
he actually posted a lot of really cool analytics from their um, ticketing platform that basically made it clear that people are not going to a second or a third or a fourth Delta's game. I think a lot of folks who read this message rightfully pointed out, though, that it's not the the fans' responsibility to turn this around. It's the team's responsibility. It's your marketing that results in fans coming. Fans only can do so much to bring other people to the games. Mm -hmm. Cough, cough, Minnesota United this year, cough. Well, this is a much more extreme version of that. I'll I'll say this. Um, The marketing apparently has been non-existent and... Because they wanted to be disruptive, right? Like, they wanted yeah. to put their games on Twitter and all this other stuff. Which, like, you're not going to be able to do that. If you're going to have to have a successful lower division site, it needs to be marketed well. And these guys came in, I saw some tweets about this, without a lot of soccer experience. Uh, and and, and there, was, there was some NASL executives who kind of looked sideways at that, but the te- the league was very interested in having this team that had some new ideas. Turns out it hasn't worked very well. Yeah, um, and unfortunately it seems, according to a number of uh, people on Twitter, um, Westerdine, uh, Nipun Chopra, uh, there's a quote-unquote 90% probability, according to a players-only meeting, that the team's not going to exist next year. Yeah, Nippon, and Wes and a few other people. I've had a few different perspectives on this and just how bad the situation is, but um, things not looking good for the NUS NASL expansion squad. Speaking of things not looking good in the NASL, there have also been rumors swirling around whether Ricardo Silva and Real United Beckham's FCSC are going to merge into one MLS team. Far too unreliable to say it could just be a very ripe, juicy rumor given that Silva was had that photograph at MLS headquarters and then he you know put that $4 billion bid or whatever. Um, what we do know is that Silva has teamed up with the second division in Mexico to help market them into the United States and then may, maybe get, get a few more viewers for their teams. Silva's team didn't fare very well this week against New York Cosmos. Uh, yeah, not, three not to so one. Much. Like, come on, guys. You're supposed to be the new Tosmos, not the new new Tosmos. <laughs> well, they did with the title. I mean, we've seen this with teams who won the spring title. Sometimes they, they don't exactly put in a lot of effort in the fall. Right, yeah. Um, with this game especially, though, it, it was just a, a bad performance against a, a Cosmos team that you know maybe are putting things together, even with all the rumors of um, Geo looking to leave at the end of the season. Um they won with youth. Their 19-year-old player, Eric Helvio, scored twice. Um, just totally outmanned mm-hmm. Miami. USL owners are meeting this week to start a debate about the placement of MLS two teams in their league. So this was an interesting article. Um, James Poling um, from the Oklahoma. And, um, definitely start following him for USL News because he's really on top of things. But basically what he spelled out is that um, the owners meeting that happens during um, every single person meeting at the MLS All-Star game um, is going to be a little bit contentious this year because there are a number of the independent owners as well as you know some of the affiliated team owners that are frustrated at the lack of investment that's coming from... Um, the specifically MLS two sides, so like teams like Orlando City B, um, yeah. Timbers two, they're playing in their parent club stadiums for like four hundred people in a twenty 
20,000 seater. Like it, it looks terrible for all of the away broadcasts. And they're also basically saying, look, we're putting all of this effort, we're putting all of this business acumen into it. And you guys are basically just skating by. So as a result, it seems as though the prevailing proposal is going to be to move any of these specific MLS2 sides down to the new Division Three league that USL will be starting up in 2019. Uh-huh. That's going to be a really... It's not going to go over well with um, some owners, apparently, but we'll see what happens. It's, it's always was kind of a deal with the devil to get these reserve teams into USL. It stabilized their league. It, it helped them have opponents to play and, and more frequent match days, but it has resulted in this um, attendance discrepancy. Only time will tell what results out of all this. Two USL games, though, that we do need to talk about. Number one, Charlotte Independence beating Bethlehem Steel 4 0. What um, a familiar storyline. Yeah, yeah, decidedly so. Um, Lewis Hilton and Enzo Martinez combined for assisted goals. Um, it was Martinez to Hilton both times. Um, it, 10 games unbeaten for Charlotte. They're definitely climbing up, mm-hmm. asserting themselves in the Eastern Conference. The other big game, uh, Swope Park Rangers lost at home 4-1 to Reno 1868. Um, Swope came into this game with a 472-minute score or shutout streak. Reno scored within the first minute. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sort of game that they had to deal with. You know, nine one one. All right, with that, let's move into a segment we call the sewer. In the sewer segment, we talk about our Ninja Turtles, the men's national team, the women's national team, the NTs. We got two tournaments to talk about this week: the Gold Cup, which the men won, and the Tournament of Nations, which the women are playing. And first up, Gold Cup final: U.S. defeat Jamaica two one. <laughs> Damien Lowe starting for and, uh, Jamaica. Jim- and Jermaine Taylor. And, and Jim- Jermaine. Jermaine. Right, right. But with Damien Lowe, somebody uh, that I know on Twitter, Jim Christ, uh, tweeted out, raise your hand if you thought Damien Lowe was going to be starting in the Gold Cup final. And he put two, uh, uh, Damien Lowe posted a picture of two hands up. So does that mean he thought it twice in his life or that he doubly <laughs> believed in himself? himself? <laughs> But jeez, Damien Lowe has, I think, got a a Twitter kind of alert based on his name because he seems to respond to everything people say about him. Any sort of criticism that is leveled against Damien Lowe, Damien Lowe will come out and say something about it. Like I remember when Fifty Five One published an article about something like Damien Lowe seems happy to be back at Seattle after finishing up his loan in Minnesota United FC. He's like, "What? I can't be happy. What do you mean I can't be happy? What? We're just saying, you know, <laughs> like." You seem happy, man. Yeah. What? What? Guy can't be happy. What the hell, man? <laughs> Apparently not. Apparently, yeah. David Lowe can't be happy. Someone who wasn't very happy after this game, though, was Andre Blake. As you guys said last weekend, the golden glove and golden ball. It should have been the golden ball. Yeah, it should have been, been the golden ball of the of the tournament with his incredible performances. Unfortunately, he... Kellen Acosta basically put a massive boot into his hand, and I think what broke... Inadvertent. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, not on purpose. Definitely was a fair play for the ball. Sure, sure. Point, but, point that out there that Tony Costa didn't do this on purpose and wasn't like aiming and like playing dirty. Just a 
the end of the Freak hand. accident. Yeah. You, sometimes you get stepped in the hand or you get your nose broken. So 38th minute, did he did he break his fingers? Is no, that... um, it's apparently just a flesh wound. Um, oh, but he is okay. He looked like he was dying. This butt is a flesh wound. Just a scratch. Come I on, mean, on, yeah, I mean, like, he didn't actually lop his arms off, so... I mean, he looked like he was good... in excruciating pain. Well, yeah, you try getting your hand ripped open by somebody's spikes. I will not try that. Okay. Yeah, don't actually try that. Um, but in any case, he had been playing just out of his mind uh, to start out the game, and then, you know, lo and behold, he has to go off, and then right before halftime... That free kick from Josie Altidore. Dolzy always scores. Man, holy crap, was that a beauty of a free kick. Gorgeous. And Am I, I wrong to say that up until that point, though, the U.S. had played a very disappointing game? Uh, you're not wrong. You're not You're not wrong. The I, I'm not, we had were not the best. Yeah. It, it, there was definitely a convertible chance or two, mm-hmm. but yeah. nothing too but fantastic. So Josie puts us up. Yeah, yeah. With a powerful, amazing free kick. Yep, and then uh, shortly afterwards, um, still kind of against the run of play, uh, Javon Watson um, equalizes on a sp- corner. Yeah, like, and uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, Jordan Morris loses his boo. His mark. Jordan Morris, boo him, boo him. Wait, <laughs> wait for wait it. for it, wait for it, wait like thirty-eight minutes to be exact. Eightieth <laughs> minute, ball comes in from Jassy Dardis, nowhere near anyone in red, white, and blue. Uh, Jermaine Taylor clears it out and lands right to uh, um, Jordan Morris, Morris, who places it perfectly in the top corner. Yeah. It, it is worth pointing out that the U.S. national team, besides winning the Gold Cup, they had a secondary feat that they accomplished in this game, which is that they won the match despite Giassi's artist being on the pitch. That, that I mean, is pretty much the equivalent of winning the Gold Cup in my Take a bow, U10. Yeah. The so let's talk about the women who first played Australia and lost zero to one. What the first win for the Matildas against the U.S. in something like thirty billion years or something like that? Yeah, some obscene amount of time. Everyone in Australia basically freaked out when they were upside down, so we didn't really know what they were doing. <laughs> we thought that they were booing them, but turns out, you know, those yeah, are actually exactly. thumbs up. Um, Lydia Williams, the Aussie keeper, plays for Houston Dash. Um, did some very very good saves throughout the game um that said the u.s offense was poor mm-hmm. yeah it, they just did not have anything going for them and then kind of an iron skillet defensive set of miscues i think about four defenders just missed being able to clear it out and then you know ball gets in the back of the net they don't have an answer for the rest of the game well, they did have an answer, though, when they played Brazil, and the game ended 4-3 to America <laughs> after a late-game comeback. So, Andres Senior sends in a kind of a, a dead-straight-at-Alessanair sort of rocket. She had two great goals for Brazil in this game. But yeah. let's the also... Let's also note the fact that one of those great goals was because Alessanair bobbled it Somehow, she got to the ball and then fumbled it into the goal behind. Yeah, yeah remember like, Rob Green from the 2010 World Cup? It was like that. It, it kind of was, yeah, yeah. An airborne version of it. Yeah, yes. yeah, much more airborne. Um, so that said, a couple of great 
great assists throughout the game. Um, Megan Rapinoe especially um, got it into Sam Mewis to equalize the game in the first half. Um, so it was like the 80th minute. They were down 3-1. Mm-hmm. All hope is lost. But then Kristen Press scores decent enough goal. You know, solid shot. Ties the game up. No, that was well, one. that was three oh, that two. Was three, two. That's right. Then eighty fifth minute, uh, Megan Rapino cuts in from the wing and does things that Megan Rapino can only do because she is one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah, but she took a knee that one time though. Okay, keep going, keep going, I, I, keep I've, going. I felt the heat come from Colin's anger over here across the room. The seethe, <laughs> the seethe, man. Um, so it just shoots a, a dead straight bullet at um, the Brazilian keeper, uh, bounces it off her hand into the slot in the near post, and then Julie Ertz converts. Both with Zs, guys. Yep, all Zs, all Zs. Um, it just kind of bouncing around the box after a, a good cross in, and she slides it in to somehow win the game 4-3. The, 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 the crowd at this game got... Three times their money's worth. Such an incredible comeback. Everybody goes bananas in the stadium after that final goal. Uh, incredible, incredible game. I think this game is the one that you should probably go back and rewatch uh, if you if you have the time and access. Yeah, don't to it. don't rewatch the Australia game. No, I don't think so. Don't put yourself through that. Yeah. Also, the Minnesota United game is also fun too. To, to I've watched the highlights like probably a couple dozen times. Perfect. For that yeah. game. I, I just also want to point out again, the U.S. women's also coming up with an awesome secondary feat in this game. They managed to not only win against Brazil, but win despite having Sydney LaRue on the pitch, who earned her first win uh, since April for Club Our Country. So Sydney LaRue is like the female's artist. Pretty much. Or is artist the female, the male uh, LaRue? I don't know. Do you care? No, I don't. Okay, let's they, move on. they kind of play in the same spot too. That's the crazy thing. Yeah. Okay, let's move on now to a segment we call The Pub, where we jump into a plane, fly over to England, to a pub where we have coverage of the English Premier League, which starts up in just 10 days. Which pub are we going to this week, guys? Go to the final countdown. This is like the I'm a little teapot school of acting, boys. I've told the story on the pod before, right? My theater professor in college had a, 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 uh, a phrase he would use if you were doing literally what your line called for, like, I'm going out of my mind. And you're just raising your hands above your head, like out of my mind. So it's like the I'm a little teapot school of acting because in the song, you're like, I'm a little teapot short and start and you got your hands like a teapot. So this joke, the final countdown is like, it's, it's a little just... obvious. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, the you, problem with you come it, up every week, not then not. I always forget. Yeah. <laughs> the problem with this joke is that we're going to have an episode before the Premier League starts. Yeah. So this so really, really isn't the final countdown. We're just going to go back to the, the same uh, pub next penultimate week. countdown. So basically, the penultimate countdown. Not as good as stuff. So Man United have signed Nemanja Matic from Chelsea, and this transfer was leaked early because a photo of Matic in a United jersey was put online, which people authenticated by looking at a little mole or a birthmark on Matic's arm and comparing it to actual photos of him. Science. Exactly. The new Chelsea Stadium is also going to retain the Stamford Bridge name. They are not going to sell the rights to Tinder or Bumble or whatever. Although, uh, speaking of selling <laughs> rights Bumble to... Bridge. 
Bumble Bridge is going down. Anyway, keep going. What do you um, say, Colin? Speaking of selling those rights, though, um, Man United are apparently selling a sleeve sponsorship to Tinder. Are they on the left or the right? Are they so- sleeve? Are they swiping left or right? It's all I know about dating. Well, this is an interesting question because is, are they going to choose the placement based on someone looking at the jersey or the, the, the sides for the guy wearing will, it? Will each player decide whether or not to put it on there or they're like, nah, I want a different one. <laughs> <laughs> they just swipe sponsors <laughs> up like at the one that they like. <laughs> Barcelona are still circling Mr. Coutinho. And Caleb is now putting Leave a bed sheet. Leave alone. He's putting He's a bedsheet over his head. He's got a bunch of mascara on that's getting ruined by his tears. He's got a poor webcam, quality webcam. Why? He's live on YouTube. Uh, Klopp has said it. It's been quoted in the press saying, uh, they, Barca, can save their energy. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of focused on all that Neymar bullshit that we'll get to in a second. Yeah. The Premier League FA will ban divers for two games this year. Um, the bans won't happen during the... Uh, they won't beat us out during the game, but we reviewed after games. And uh, Aren't divers uh, under the Olympic Committee, though, and not the FA? Okay. Sorry. They need an, an expert on diving. I, think, I heard that Tom's where might, might be on that committee. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right, let's move into a segment we call They Don't Call It Soccer. In brackets, some do, though. We talk about the rest of the world soccer that we haven't talked about already. First, let's move to the aforementioned Neymar bullshit. Neymar continues to have his will-he-won't-he saga. Neymar, the choice. You know. Uh, so Neymar and PSG are basically Ross and Rachel from France. Oh, God damn. Will they? Won't they? Well, they do Will in they? the end. Okay. And, I mean... Spoiler alert? It's been over for, for 12 years. It's on Netflix. It should be watched by no. now. Is okay. it on Netflix or Hulu? I can't remember. It's on Netflix. Okay. Also, it's Seinfeld that's on Hulu. Yeah. Also in uh, in La Liga, Jesus has signed for Sevilla. So hashtag sign Jesus. Amen. <laughs> and Jesus Navas, of course. And uh, from South America, some news from Chapacoense, who had the tragic plane crash last year. Left back Alan Rochelle, one of the three players who had survived that plane crash, will be the first to play again. His return will happen in the August 7th friendly against Barcelona at Camp Nou. Speaking of Barcelona, um, the International Champions Cup came to a close with Barcelona winning 3-2 in the American El Clasico. Miami El Clasico, right? Yeah, Miami El Clasico. But USA, USA, USA. Um and Messi did some messy like things. I right hear away he does that often. Yeah, yeah, he he tends to. Um, this time, just dribbled through three defenders, and then ended up scoring in the third minute. Um, Rakitic was able to uh, double the score line. Really, do we care about what happened in this game? No, no. Okay, cool. All right. Well, with that, then let's move into a segment we call the Reynolds wrap up. Where Colin takes a soccer conspiracy you know you're thinking about and makes sense of it for you. So, as we had been talking about, the saga is continuing with Neymar. Um, If he's going to PSG, chances are it's going to be because they trigger his release clause, which is somewhere in the neighborhood of 195 million euro. Fairly expensive. (laughs) Chump change. Which is why Barcelona is trying to block said move. Uh, by crying foul, saying that there's no way that PSG has this much money and that they would thus be violating financial fair play rules. 
Barcelona is saying that? I know Potts. To themselves in the mirror? Or like... (laughs) (laughs) I know Potts. Yes, this is the kettle. Like, just just (laughs) keep it civil. Keep it civil. But here's the surprising thing, though. I've learned that PSG actually does have the money to trigger this release clause without any issues. You want to know where they're getting that money? Yeah. Is it from their face-off sequel featuring MLS players and coaches? It's probably the Iron Bank of Bravos. Um, yeah. Not quite. So um, oh, okay. PSG is actually going to be paying the legal fees for a lawsuit that's being filed by the Fox News commentator Rod Wheeler. Um, <laughs> oh, come on. So... <laughs> Wheeler, if you have not heard about this, um, filed a lawsuit claiming that quotes were misattributed to him, claiming a conspiracy in the death of the DNC staffer Seth Rich. Now, it's very clear that this guy is going to make a large sum of money. So the deal that PSG made with him is to actually take all of the proceeds from this lawsuit in exchange for basically paying them off. It's kind of the thing that poker players do with like poker stars paying their Uh dues to get into the World Series of Poker. So PSG is banking on at least nine figures coming out of the damages to this guy's reputation for saying that the Clinton campaign killed somebody because they leaked emails. So so what evidence proof any connections or are we just you know i mean at this point it just seems like they believe that he's got a very solid case and that he's going to succeed um although i will say that if i see baron trump in a psg jersey instead of an arsenal one next time i'm going to be worried that they're kind of playing both sides of it In fairness, this was about as much proof as that whole Seth Rich controversy was built out of. So uh, I guess we can just go with that. With that, let's wrap up the show. Where can the good people find you two on Twitter? I'm at KOlson716. I'm also writing on 55.1. I am at The Attachments. I'm at TWO United Fans. You can find this podcast on fine podcast providers like iTunes, where you should leave us a review. Please tell your friends about this podcast as well. And Caleb's trying to get my attention. Uh, special thanks to Tetonics who let us use their song um, for our uh, song Lost List for our theme music. There's a new song on Bandcamp on their Facebook page. Check it out. It's pretty awesome. Sounds like uh, the Dream Poppy Beatles ish. Really cool, really cool stuff. Tectonic spelled T E C T O N I C S. Well, with that, we bid you adieu. Let's see you next week. Goodbye, everyone. Feed me, feed me.